Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. So I talked last week about our culture's obsession with the self-help industry and how we can be really good at trusting other people who we hardly know and not as good about trusting ourselves. So this week, I want to dig a little deeper into what self-trust actually means and what it looks like. This is a really big obstacle for women, I think. And honestly, one of the main reasons why so many of us struggle in our relationship with money. A lot of us weren't raised to think that we can be trusted around money. And this comes from history. It wasn't until the 1970s that women could have a bank account in their name without a man's permission. The reason for this was that people at the time believed that women couldn't handle the responsibility of managing money. Men saw women as, I'm laughing here, delicate creatures who couldn't understand many of the things that they could. And by no fault of anyone, this belief permeated a lot of households. This idea of women not being able to be trusted, therefore, I think, trickles into so many other areas of our lives. Because remember, how we think about money is how we think about everything. So even though I do not agree with this whatsoever, it makes sense how we ended up here, how we ended up questioning everything, like right down to what I eat for breakfast and what kind of shampoo I use, right? So what happens now? As I talked about last week, um, I've always been somebody that believed that what somebody else thought meant more than what I thought, which is why I was always so into self-help. In my mind, there was something wrong with me that needed to be fixed. And someone else who has clearly had success in one particular area knows more than I do and therefore should be telling me how to live my life because I'm clearly not doing a very good job of it. And honestly, this person could be literally anyone. Credentials or not, it doesn't matter as long as that person wasn't me. Because again, I'm the one that needs to be fixed. Other people, obviously, in my mind, have it together, right? (laughs) It's like I held everybody on a pedestal and didn't even give myself the time of day. I just dismissed myself. So messed up when you think through this, right? But again, I know I'm not alone because like I said last week, the self-help personal development industry is a $13 billion industry. So lots and lots of people are looking to fix themselves too. One of the things that I really want to dig into in this episode is why we struggle to trust ourselves. Yes, we have culture and history that plays a role here, but our life experiences play into this as well. But before I go there, let me just give you a few examples of what a lack in trust in ourselves might look like. So um, you seek reassurance and advice from others instead of tuning into how you feel about a situation. You solicit opinions from others around you when an important decision must be made. 
you postpone making decisions and procrastinate because you find it easier to sit with uncertainty compared to the fear that maybe you might make a wrong decision. You avoid tuning into your needs and desires and disconnect instead. You overestimate the perspective of others and undervalue your own thoughts and instincts. You experience excessive guilt after making a decision and constantly fear that you've made the wrong choice. You ruminate on what could have been if you hadn't taken another path. You compare your choices to others' decisions. You don't believe that you've made a good decision unless you receive external validation. Um, and finally, you are quick to believe negative opinions of yourself. I think I am, now that I'm saying this out loud, I am 10 for 10 here. And I've lived my whole life like this. But I didn't have the awareness of it until now. So I just mentioned that culture and history definitely play a role in why we struggle to trust ourselves. And our life experiences do too, especially our childhood. A lack of self-trust can come from a lot of different places. Um, sometimes we lose trust in ourselves after we make a mistake and maybe we were punished or maybe somebody criticized us and we felt ashamed. We can lose trust in ourselves if our parents let us get away with too much and regularly like swooped in to fix all of our problems. Or, and this is definitely me, if we grew up always hearing a victim mentality, we might have been conditioned to believe that life's circumstances are out of our control. I think I've talked before about my mom's martyr mindset. Um, I grew up watching my mom always take care of everybody else, but definitely not her. She wasn't really the best example of someone who took personal responsibility for how she felt. Looking back now, I think in a weird way, feeling bad for herself actually somehow like made her feel good. Like she maybe might have got a little high from it somehow. But it's not real feeling good, obviously, because how can you feel good when you're always feeling like the victim? It's very distorted here. But that was my experience, and that's how I developed my belief system. Trust, um, by definition, is the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Personally, I've always thought of trust as something external. I've had to trust that somebody else will do their part on the group project or will do what they say they're going to do as part of the job, right? So again, this kind of makes sense why the concept of trusting myself is still pretty new for me. I'm just not used to doing it. Whenever I've been struggling or going through a really difficult time, I've always found it hard to look at what I need. I just want somebody else to give me the answer that will make it all go away. Mostly because I don't feel confident enough in myself to know that I'm going to make the quote-unquote right choice. I always think that outside influences are really important somehow. Like ultimately, like I just care way too much what other people will think of my choices. So I'm backing myself into a corner here and paying the price because it, it – can result in anxiety and depression and guilt and shame and rumination and difficulty sleeping and a whole like host of other health conditions that result from just those conditions. So self-trust to me looks like this. Awareness of my thoughts and feelings, expressing 
myself openly and honestly, sticking to my personal ethics and core values, knowing when I need to take care of myself first, confident that I can get through difficult times, and the ability to pursue my dreams or goals without letting others stop me. This is really, really fascinating when I finally like put that into list form and read it out loud. So how do we learn to trust ourselves? I think the first thing that we need to do is tune into our needs and instincts. We need to rebuild our belief in our own ability to know what's best for us. When a situation comes up, we need to work on resisting that impulse to immediately tell somebody and get their opinion or advice. And this isn't easy when that's what we've been doing for the majority of our lives. But instead, what we can do is just sit with it. We process how we feel about whatever the situation is, and we can consider our options and like the pros and the cons of each potential decision point here, right? This is where writing it out, I think, can be really helpful and, and can help kind of like give you that clarity and perspective. The other thing along these lines is when we're constantly looking for reassurance from other people to make us feel better, we're teaching our brain that we can't handle feeling bad, which may seem okay in the short term, right? Like, hey, that I, I always want to feel good, right? Good vibes only. But in the long term, it's destroying our confidence because it's telling our brain that we're not competent. We can't handle difficult things, difficult situations. So it's important to confront our fears and our anxiety on our own, right? Name your feelings, sit with them, give it some time to mush around in there. Most of the time, our lack of trust isn't around what to do necessarily. It's around our ability to handle our own fears and insecurities. Um, the next thing I want to say here is practice self-compassion. You guys can predict that I was going to say that. <laughs> it's incredibly hard to feel like you can trust yourself when you're constantly criticizing yourself. This is where the feeling takes over the rational part of our brain, right? I've talked about how to use self-compassion before, right? Like give yourself that same degree of support that you would give a friend or your kids if they were in a similar situation. And along these same lines, like give yourself permission to be wrong. This used to be huge for me. For the majority of my 20s and 30s, I was petrified of making mistakes, which frankly got me absolutely nowhere in my career or my relationships. When we give ourselves permission to make mistakes, we give ourselves permission to grow and learn. When we finally realize that mistakes are not a bad thing, then we're starting to practice authentic self-compassion. And how do we do this? We change our expectations and we let go of perfectionism. It's incredibly hard to trust ourselves and feel confident in our ability to be a good parent, like for example, if our standard is always going to be, you know, that our kids should constantly be happy and well-behaved. Like we can't control what anyone else feels or their behavior, to be honest, as much as we, as we want to. So 
changing our perspective and realizing what's in our control and what's not is like really key here. And finally, we learn to trust ourselves by being vulnerable. As I just mentioned, most of our issues with self-trust are less about trusting in our ability to do something and more about trusting that we can handle difficult emotions. And so many of us don't have confidence in our ability to manage our emotions because we don't give ourselves the opportunity to practice. Difficult emotions are painful, so our instinct is to avoid them or to disassociate or to numb ourselves from them. But when we do this, we deprive ourselves of the opportunity to practice engaging with them in a healthy way. So let's practice a little bit more, a little more like emotional vulnerability by talking more openly about how we feel. So as an example, you know, when we've had a really stressful day and someone, your spouse or whoever says, hey, how are you? A lot of us will tend to dismiss the actual feeling and just say, I'm okay, or I'm fine, and then move on, right? But what if instead you said, I'm actually feeling like really anxious because I'm working with a really difficult client and I'm nervous about our next meeting and I don't think it's going to go well. Or like, I'm disappointed in the way that something turned out today, right? These are real emotions. And the more comfortable we are talking about them instead of just dismissing them, the more confident we'll feel managing them, which then helps to build self-trust. Listen, you guys, I am no psychologist. I am not an expert on brain science. Like, I'm nothing. I am just a girl who's sick of feeling disempowered. And I'm realizing that all the external stuff, like money, family, relationships, work, whatever it is, it all starts with my relationship with myself. And now that I'm aware of my past, more so than I've ever been, and I'm starting to challenge a lot of those core beliefs that I thought were fact, the weight of it all is starting to lift a little. My expectations have shifted. And honestly, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that I don't have to feel the way that I've been feeling about so many things forever. All right, you guys, thanks for listening today. I hope you liked this episode. Um, and if you liked it, feel, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you want to connect more with me, definitely send me a message. Um, you can find me on Instagram at moneyisnscary. Um, you can also join my Facebook group, The Mindful Money Movements. All right, you guys, thank you again for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.